This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the, is it fifth? Yeah, the fifth episode of the second season of Overlooked and Undercooked, a critical analysis of Rob Schneider's attempt at making an autobiographical show on Netflix. Um, I guess it's not an attempt because he did it. He did the damn thing. It's completed. It's out there in the world. Two full seasons. My name is Tim Bat. I'm Guy Montgomery and we're joined by a very special guest, the inimitable Dan Rath. Oh, thanks for using the word inimitable. Well, I, I would argue it's true. Oh, wow. What does that word mean? I genuinely don't know. It is impossible to imitate ah. the unique comedy stylings of young Dan Rath. Well, thank you, Guy Montgomery. And and also, what a top shelf word. Oh, yeah. Well, Like, yeah. it's high level. It's $2 vocab that only, he's using. I right? only reach for the top shelf when I'm around you, Dan. <laughs> Huge stuff. Uh, now, I've got to say, this is the fifth episode we've watched today. <laughs> And that was the most laughs we've had during an episode. And I would I would credit a lot of that to you, you know, the company you keep. Dan, you were finding a lot of joy in this show. And you were shining it on us. Yeah. Was I shining the light on the joy that could be Yeah, yeah. You, were, you, were, like you, you showed me a world I didn't know where we could extract genuine comedy value from being in the company of real Rob. Oh, yeah. Can is you, it, is can, that what it's called? That's the name of the oh, show. Oh, it's actually, yeah, yeah it is. Okay, I'm just, yeah, so it's called the, the Real Rob. Yeah. The, the episode we just watched was called uh, Coffee Business, in which a jealous Rob keeps tabs on Patricia's new soap opera gig. Stalker gives Rob a tip about very special, a very special coffee-making process. Uh, can, you, can you please give me your honest comedic assessment of that episode? Um, it's interesting coming into the show. I am a fan of Rob Schneider, so I'll get that. Like I've always liked, you know, Juice Bigelow, absolutely, and and, and like his Adam Sandler cameo yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure. So I've come in predisposed. Yeah. You've liked it. I think everyone in this room has liked it at a time, but you've liked it steadily till now. Well, I did. I thought he disappeared for a bit. I did. I didn't know where he was <laughs> post Bigelow. Just fucking yeah, post just Bigelow. Post Bigelow. What was he? Do you know what his career arc 
He's well, been popping up and uh, he pops up in odds and ends. He does a little bit of stand up. He was in Grown Ups one, but not Grown Ups two. He wasn't in. I think I've seen Grown Ups two. I think I liked it. Yeah, I can't remember though. Do you know that guy? And I've seen that fifty two times. No way. Yeah. How? Well, that was that's our original podcast project is just watching and reviewing the same movie over again. That was that was the first movie well, we did. Grown and you just two. kept reviewing it. Yeah, man. Yeah. In different ways. Well, uh, well, we we of. talk about it mostly. The so episodes are all different. You know? My God. Yeah. But you like literally seen it fifty. You liked times. it. Uh, growing ups too. I think I yeah I think I liked it. Let's talk about that instead. Fuck this show. No no no. <laughs> no this show I found interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like it in a strange. Well, go go on. So what's what, your what's your honest analysis? Um, look, I think you're predisposed to like I'm Schneider. Pre- I'm predisposed. Look, I think on every technical measure, it's awful. Like on every like criteria sheet, it's it's the wrong thing, but in a weird way, that can lead to laughter because it's yeah. so wrong. Yeah, like it's so badly put together. You admire it as a whole. I, I admire it as, a, and also just that his character is so irredeemable and so unlikable. Like it, there's no there's no mitigating factors of his personality where you're like, oh, actually, he's quite nice to. Do you know what I mean? It's he's, all there's bad. There's a purity. There's a purity to just his pettiness and his just awful, cruel, borderline criminal cruelty to another man. And I guess that's... Is that acceptable just because it's a guy that's his age? Man, uh, I'm not sure what the I'd, show, how it justifies it. I don't think it is acceptable. Like it's, it's acceptable because no one's watching the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's... <laughs> I guess it's, um, I mean, you could read it multiple ways. You could read it as a real class commentary and the fact that Rob Schneider's got millions of dollars and he's hired a PA who, a couple of episodes, I don't mind telling you, Dan, a couple of episodes ago, he took his health insurance away and, and just to cut costs. And this is a man who he <laughs> routinely beats the shit out of in different new exciting ways every episode. See, even when you said he... This a couple of episodes he took his health insurance away. That's funny to me that that was a yeah, plot point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty, you, you've you've immediately you've leapt to the level of the show and you've you've discovered the game, which is how bad of a person can I be and how hard can I make this person's life? And because those are the terms and conditions being offered to us, you're saying, well, if that's what it's going to be, I'm going to make hay with this. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna if that's what. Yeah, if that. I mean that, but that that is going to be the reason no one watches it. As well, because it's impossible. It's impossible to engage with. It's impossible to engage with the character. He says to his Which, wife, "You should be the one undumb whore in this episode." Yeah, I mean that's staggering. It's in, in reference that, to, he's giving her advice for an audition. So he he paints himself unsurprisingly in an unfavorable light as a sort of jealous and paranoid husband. His his wife Patricia, who's you know, slowly climbing or Patricia, the Patricia, we haven't gotten to the yeah. bottom of this. Different climbing. people call their different names. She's, so that's, is that a, do you reckon that's a deliberate choice on No. Oh, it doesn't seem to be. It's, never it's hard to know what's deliberate and what is it's just an accident of editing with the show. Yeah. But so she's climbing <laughs> the ranks as a performer and she's got an audition in a soap opera that is quite a steamy sort of uh, almost telenovela style show and she'll be acting against this hunk and he becomes paranoid that he doesn't want to do any kissing scenes or whatever, so he gives her bad advice, which was a scene that, you know, for how abhorrent it was, did extract some laughs from the room where he sort of suggests that maybe the way to play the character is not as a uh, dumb whore mm. or whatever. And undu- but, you should be the one undumb but whore. instead he suggests that she plays them as uh, differently abled. 
and does the voice. Sensational. Yeah, that's a sensational. And, and that's what we were saying, that it's fearless. <laughs> it's fearless comedy. <laughs> like, Unin- <laughs> uninhibited, unchecked. You just don't see that these days. So you don't see someone taking on the persona for well, comedy purposes of someone who's sort of mentally it, deficient. It, well, it's the type of thing that if someone did in a stand-up set, it would completely ruin the set if, for yeah, them. If, yes. if, if they did, now they Talk must put on the ears of irony. And so I think what makes it fearless is that it's like there's no <laughs> winking. There's no like, you know, there's no ears that they're aware that what they're doing is wrong. It's like, no, we're playing this straight for laughs. Oh, it, yeah, there's no there's no other level to it. It's, yeah. it's all direct. But Direct but, comedy. You know, to take it another way, when you were that fucking stupid, is it not like we're kind of looking at the product of a child's mind? And that itself is an interesting piece of art. Like a drawing that you put right. on the fridge. This show. Yeah. Right, I see. Like, yeah. You get a two-year-old draws you a picture with felt-tip pens or crayons, and there is something special about it because you're like, it's quite an amazing thing to look into the mind of someone so young and, and they've produced some kind of piece of visual media. And it's sort of the same with the show. It's just like you are it's so fucking thick that it's quite interesting to see <laughs> yeah, yeah. what the product that's is of the that take. brain. That's, that's a good take on why it's funny. Well, that's, that's the only way to watch it is to be like, well, if nothing else, I am seeing a representation of... and I, I, This is a macaroni tie on Netflix. Yeah, again, it almost does deviate back to, you know, the limits of... Not the limits of free speech, but it's like it is interesting to see Rob Schneider's mind, you know, unfiltered and unedited. But at the same time, it's like, because he can, it doesn't mean he should. <laughs> No, yeah, he's... I mean, it, it's a generous interpretation, too. <laughs> are you glad it exists, then? I'm glad, yeah. I like things that, that exist that are strange. And I, I was not aware of this show. So, okay, would you, will you watch like. more? Um, I, I, I'll have to watch it, ironically, with someone... Um, you wouldn't. If, you if, wouldn't just quietly, you know, go home and tuck one away now. It'd be. It's a bit of a commitment to just do solo. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's something that needs to be shared. Yeah. In the same way, I, like, I wouldn't necessarily watch the room, the movie, the room by myself. It's sort of a communal. There's a necessity in almost watching it with someone else to go see. Absolutely. Yeah. Whereas genuinely good content. You can watch by yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a it's a triumph of the form. There was one moment that I think uh, you could even strip from the context of being in the show Real Rob that was funny. Although, oh, actually, no, no, I say that I don't know. But uh, he but Rob, Rob, me. Rob adopts a cat in the show. And uh, do we want to? Can we try and get Dan to sum up the ep? Is yeah, that right? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to? Can you just you outline want, the we, we plot like to for the, for get the listener? To, we so, like to get our guests to just go. What happened in the set? Well, I, yeah. From plot what points, I can what? garnish uh, from it, 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 he he's playing a semi-fictionalized version of himself. Yeah. Um, uh, like he's a rich ce- celebrity. Like he's yeah, and then his wife is his actual wife, and um, and co-writer and co-writer writer. And, uh, yeah, and basically he's got an assistant who seems to be a big part of it. Yeah. And he's just the object of cruel... Like, he's just a, basically a, a target. Literally a punching bag a in punching this episode. Bag. Like, he's basically putting cigarettes out on him. Yeah. 
It's like human rights <laughs> violation, basically. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then um, his wife is trying to get a, a role on a movie, and then his the show is overshadowed by his paranoia about being cuckolded by the other guy in the potential movie, and um, and he's also throughout that as well. He's got a hypochondriacal obsession. And you, that's something you, you saw and you said you know he's a hyper, you know that Rob Schneider himself is a hypochondriac. Yeah, from my voracious uh, podcast listening, I think I heard him talking about vitamins or someone saying that he was obsessed with vitamins. You heard him on a, like guesting on a podcast. I, I think I just heard someone say that he was obsessed with minerals and, and like vitamin. And he does, he peppers, he peppers information he truly believes in through the show. Through him, the semi-autobiographical version of himself. Right, that's something you've noticed from previous... Yeah. Because yeah. you said that he was an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> yes. I think it's Which, important for all of our guest comedians who come on to know that. Well, I think you've got to just set a bit of framework by going... What are your thoughts on vaccinations, Dan? <laughs> I, um, I support them, but I am... <laughs> I wasn't... No, I've never been on the fence about them. But <laughs> I, I also think at the same time... You know, let's have a look at Big Pharma. You know, like, you know, like we can't. We we put people in these camps. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, say if you're like, yeah, Big Pharma, I'm not like hugely on board with. Mate, I'm with you. They they're peddling of oxycontin or whatever. They there is a link. Autism is caused by vaccines, and and Dan Rath, you're absolutely right <laughs> when you say that. You're correct. I have I have said it. Uh, in public many many times that they do cause it but it's not a personal belief it's just something I like to say publicly (laughs) 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 define comedy (laughs) well well, it does lead to social ostracism having that belief it does I think it's worth it just to upset people. To know you're right. Yeah, to know you're right. <laughs> What's the compensation for that? A feeling of mental clarity? You don't get autism? Uh, yes. If you are so steadfastly believing that you are correct, you know. You won't get it. Your prizes, you don't get autism. They think autism's like chicken pox. They're like running. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, which is, <laughs> <laughs> Who's they, Dan? Let's dig into this. Well, I'd like to call them my friends and colleagues, but no, no. Um, <laughs> the anti-vaxxers. The anti-vaxxer community. My family. My family. I call I them my family. Stay away from my family. But I call them my family in just a familial <laughs> sort of, like we have an empathic sure. connection. In I got- New Zealand, we have a word called whānau, and your, your whānau are <laughs> all of the anti-vaxxers. Fano, Fano. It's, it's sort of a um, today Maori. It's a, a, an our indigenous language sort of word for family, but it's more far-reaching than the English yeah, word. It doesn't word have for to be as biologically literal. That now you're speaking my language because yeah. that's what I meant by my family. I don't mean I'm related to anti-vaxxers, <laughs> although you black. are as well. Obviously. Although, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has taken an, an enjoyable <laughs> uh, side path. Well, a- anti-vaxxers are interesting because they're sort of they've got like a hippie vibe to them a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? That like yeah. they've got a bit of a live bo- and let live kind of. Let and let like some of them would have dreadlocks and and be playing acoustic guitar kind yeah. of thing, like an anti-vaxxer. You can have dreadlocks and hold any variety of opinions. <laughs> but usually you don't. Like I know what you mean. Yeah, because it's not. <laughs> it's a stereotype, not often I, yeah. associated with sort of aggression. 
and and I would say, oh, I get, no, I think they are. The anti-vaxxers that I've seen are pretty fucking angry. <laughs> they, they're angry, and they're committed. They are they're committed. committed. <laughs> they're, they're, they're sort of part Byron Bay hippie, like, chilled out, crystal healing thing, and then they're also part crypto-fascist. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's an interesting ideological Mad grab dogs. bag of, of views. It's an interesting ideological kilt kilt work knit, knitting of different so if I could just sort of get you back on track and articulate uh, yes. the episode <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you Montgomery I'm enjoying this a lot <laughs> oh sorry I, I yeah I just got excited did this go you're all good mate you no, just that. plug it back in um, it's fine I'm paranoid about plugs sorry <laughs> but like about things not being plugged in are you for for podcasting and so forth. Oh, true. Is it something to do with your childhood, Dan? Should we dig into that? <laughs> when I was doing podcasts as a kid, yeah, is it a little. Sometimes unfamiliar? it wouldn't record, and oh man, did they no, fuck what, you up? What as was a that a conversation? <laughs> <laughs> Waste of everyone's time and energy. <laughs> I always see you holding back when I run into you on the street. I'm like, just let rip wrath. And Dan's like, but guy, you're not recording. You're not yeah. holding any kind of microphone right, yeah. apparatus. Or yeah, what's the point? <laughs> what's the point? If you're not podcasting, why talk to anyone? Oh, ex- absolutely. I've been having, co- you know, when you have a conversation that's so good, you're like, we need to pod, like, this it's, should be a podcast. Well, you, you, in between finishing the episode and starting recording, you says, oh, so we haven't been, we haven't been recording. No, well, some podcasts, I don't know if they do record during the, the thing. We should have been clear on that, to be yeah. fair. That's our bad. We I always feel like, I'm, you know. when, I, when that happens to me, I always feel like there's been a sneak attack. You know, oh, when, yeah, you know when you go in and you're just talking like, you know, the preamble to the podcast and you haven't put on your... Classic Mark Maron. And then you suddenly, and then you realize you're talking, you think, Jesus Christ, you yeah. know, and it's nice because that first little bit, you're not prepared, but then when you find out there's an adjustment period. You're like, you're oh, like, what oh. did I say about yeah, yeah. that set of people? Yeah. Oh, oh boy. What did I say about anti-vaxxers? <laughs> don't want to stir that pot. No, you don't want to stir that pot. Uh, but so, yeah, so uh, all of this to say, I was trying to articulate the point where Rob adopts a cat because it's the B plot beyond this. Yeah. He, he, he's drinking uh, bulletproof coffee, which is coffee with butter and coconut oil. This is a real thing you said. Yeah, yeah, I've had, I've had one before. Uh, which I found interesting that you've had one. Why did you find that interesting? Well, I've I've fantasized about having one before. But you haven't had I one. I haven't talked to anyone who's had one. It's not it's just like quite a thick it's quite a rich kind of coffee, but it's it's meant to substitute a, a full breakfast. It's meant to by it's meant to caffeinate you and sort of, you know, satisfy the, the parts of your body that need more sustenance. To, to facilitate it a sort of intermittent fasting lifestyle. Perhaps. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Uh yeah. <laughs> and uh <laughs> So, and then his stalker, who's no, and this is also another funny plot device, I think. His stalker from the first season, who we haven't seen a lot of, is no longer stalking him, but he's using his property to stalk a new person. The next door neighbor and to that, Rob. That is a funny, is, that com- is funny. comedic conceit that a st- you, to have a stalker who's lost interest but is still using you. I, I agreed with that. With what you've just said, that, that it was a, it was comedic. Well, I mean, they didn't. I don't think. I don't think you they get a tick for that, Schneider. Well done. <laughs> I don't yeah. think they use it to to any real effect. But the you know the basic premise is there. Yeah. But he introduced them to the fact that there's there's one great above bulletproof coffee, which is coffee that has passed through uh, some. I think it was maybe a Peruvian cat's anus, and uh, so Rob adopts a cat. He starts feeding it coffee so he can try and you know get a side hustle where he's he creates these beans. And uh, there was one moment where we all laughed, which was when his wife discovers he's got the cat and they go in to, to have a look at it after he's been feeding all of these coffee beans. 
And it's like I, I almost think it could be funny outside of real Rob. Like, of course, it was it was undeniably funny. And what is it? It's a moment of it looks like a combination of a little bit of CG, but also puppetry, um, <laughs> like physical practical effects puppetry. So you see a cat, which is obviously not real, but it looks roughly enough like a cat, and. <laughs> It's got fucking suspicious human eyes darting back and forth. And it's got a very interesting mouth it, as well. It had a tongue coming out. Was its tongue coming <laughs> out really and, and licking its nose sort of weird. The, uh, they've gone like 5% the way towards anthropomorphizing this cat and that they just kind of did they elevated the facial features of the cat to enough of a human that you wind up in the uncanny valley. Yes, that's yeah. And Absolutely. it was fucking funny. I didn't expect it. I didn't see it coming. It, it's eyes darting back and forth. It's, it's undeniably a, hilarious to me. Oh. You couldn't convince me that wasn't funny. I think anthropomorphizing animals, it's always the gateway to humor. Like, <laughs> in a way. Do you know, it's such a steady... Well, well that's, yeah, it's, that was like one of Ricky Gervais's first stand-up specials was just, you know, animals doing silly things and him articulating the thought process behind it. It's like a cheat code to comedy. Oh yeah, 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 totally. And they they do use it well. I also think it's funny because it's like it's an approximation of what you think coffee. If so, if you drink too much coffee, it might you know like when people who haven't when you're in high school and people who haven't smoked weed or like smoke weed for the first time and nothing happens, describe this like really fanciful notion of what happened. And then you're like, no, this, but that's not what happens. Yeah, like Rob Schneider's never drunk a cup of coffee in his life, and he's like, I guess this is what happens, maybe to people. Right, it's like the caffeine equivalent, uh, the 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 caffeine equivalent of the weed thing, where you yeah. have one puff of a joint, and then you. Were, I was riding a purple dragon around school, exactly, and then a monster came. It's like, no, that's no, nah, it's just that's PCP. It. Yeah, <laughs> mate, I think you might have uh, hit some ice actually. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah, yeah. It's, and no it's something else altogether. Get to the doctor about that. Weed, you just sort of giggle a little bit. Did you enjoy the cat though, Dan? You think that was pretty fucking funny. The cat? Yeah. I thought the cat was. I did. That my. I think my favourite scene was. I mean, because of its bizarre cruelty, was when he fed the new coffee that had the been fir- the first. The first round of the uh, the cat anus coffee. Yeah, when he gave it to his hapless boob of an assistant, <laughs> and. <laughs> Just the fact that he was drinking it and, and hated it so much, and he just sort of like it's a very like steady, was, slow and steady build towards telling him what he's drinking. It was so long for the the <laughs> eventual punchline of what was it uh, that that just came out of the cat's ass. That, <laughs> that shit just came out of the cat's ass. You loved that, eh? I think just for its unmitigated like just crudity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it w- because yeah, that scene went for far too long, and it w- it was such a swift end to it. it was but as it was building, it was so glib. Mm. As it was, I was watching it, and it was building. I felt like it's the same sensation you have if you're watching a comedian <laughs> who you don't trust building out a really big premise, and you're like, "There's no like, I can see what's going, and there's no way <laughs> this plane is too yeah, much yeah, to yeah. <laughs> We've got headwinds, exactly. and you, you've been bolting on like fucking extra engines yeah. and like seats are here that shouldn't it's be. Like, yeah. like, I mean, it see. looks good, it, it, you know. It's we're airborne right now, but this like, I'm I understand this is an approximation of a plane, but <laughs> I just love the fr- the a comedian that you don't trust. <laughs> It's true, really. Yeah, you you don't trust him. Fuck. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, yeah, it's... You don't trust him, no. Yeah. Oh, look. Nor should you. What was your least favorite part of the episode? Um, I think the shots of the unnecessary shots of luxury that are sort of inter- intermittently... Oh, you don't need to see that? Well, it's just it just seems... It's like... I think that it's got a few examples of, you know, like it violates that rule of Chekhov's gun. Yeah. Just describe as well, Dan, um, for the, for the like, one listener who's listened to this but hasn't watched the program, what shots <laughs> are you talking about? Well, just um, the... Uh, I don't know, the shots of the pool... Or like it'll just have a shot of his like hedges or like luxurious mansion, but they don't like even you don't need that well, shot. He, yeah, it's important that he emphasises he's doing okay. Yeah, but it's like don't at, worry. I'm at paranoid. other moments, although not in this episode, that he really wants to emphasise that they're doing great, but they also want to use a lack of money as a plot device. Well, in well, various th- different th- episodes. That's what I was about to say. Like they actually don't. They don't want to shower you with look at how well we're doing because they they try to use Rob Schneider's tightness with money as a as a plot device so many times in this series. It's like you got you have to pick one. You can't have gratuitous shots of this beautiful mansion you live in, married right. to your inability to part with two hundred dollars. You know, to go to the doctor, <laughs> right? That you've hit on a, a real yeah thread that I yeah now that you've said it has become apparent, which was that they they did seem to be struggling for money because part of that cat shit in the coffee was about some harebrained scheme to, to get an a, extra cat to get another income stream. Yeah, <laughs> but I he, like the first scene is him dismissing uh, uh, along both financial and medical reasons. Uh, you know, he says to Patricia, "We need to go on a holiday," and she starts listing places, and he's going, "We can't go there because of this, this, this." Right. But do you think that's financial as well? That sort of. Yeah, when she goes to Hawaii, he goes absolutely. 
Not. not. Yeah, he lists dengue fever. He, he lists... Oh, yeah. I, I, oh, he's using them as smoke screens. He, he is worried about them, but sometimes he uses the hypochondriacal things. It's both. Right, I see what you're saying. Yeah. The actual justification is he's too tight, but he's, yeah, he's hiding behind it. But he, he it, used that for the cuckolding as well. What, money? Well, he said don't kiss him because he's been... Don't kiss the other actor in the yeah. potential movie she's going to be Which in. Which led to a, a nice little callback at the end. They always end this show in bed, and this time they ended in bed in a lake house. Yes. The actor who he was afraid of being cuckolded by, they borrowed his lake house for a weekend. Yeah, so, so the setup is Rob Schneider says to his wife, don't kiss him because he's probably got a brain-eating amoeba because he lives on a lake house, which means he's been on the lake. And he's just told me about how he spent 10 hours on the lake, so he's probably got this brain-eating amoeba. You don't want to catch that, so don't kiss him. Yeah. So that gets set up, and then yeah, and then later on, they're, they're in the lake house. They're going to have sex, and she says, "Oh no, I, I saw you fall on the lake. You've probably got a brain eating a me, but I don't, I don't want that." Right, and he says, "You win. I'll wear a condom." She says, "Which is interesting because it's yeah." What does she say? She says, "You can wear it." You can, she says, "That's up to you. That's up to you. I'm not going to have sex with you tonight." Yeah, yeah. But you can wear a condom if you want. To. Yeah, that was fucking funny. Actually. That is funny. It was pretty good. And it's an interesting imagery. Our standards are slipping for what Can we, isn't funny. Honestly, I know, I've already mentioned that I know, but I just want to put an underline over it. I mean... An just, underline uh, over it? Uh, you know what I'm saying. Look, get the highlighter pen out, and can you Highlight. guys go to page number 15 of the script? <laughs> Calling your both on- and off-screen wife an undumb whore is insane. Oh. And a fucking Netflix show that was released two years ago, mate. Like yeah. this is crazy this stuff is, we're dealing with. It's if that's you know the hill you choose to die on, then so be it. But his treatment of various different you know pockets of society, it's like it, it, he is nothing if not even-handed. This is why we can call him fearless because it's like <laughs> he doesn't care who he's trampling on, all in the name of all, like I guess he's a madman. Oh yes, he's a lunatic. He's sort of like when you see like a, a boat act. Like throw just just doing stuff that's crazy. A, a cruise ship comedian, do you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do what? Come on land and yeah, come on land because they've been at sea for so long. Like the values haven't been updated. Have you seen? Have you seen this in <laughs> like on international waters or whatever? Have you seen yes. this in person? Well, yeah, I've just, I just saw a guy do a bit about how they should send um, women into war rather than men, but do it. Because like all their periods sync up. <laughs> Here we go. So you could airdrop them into Syria, and then the the ISIS would just shoot themselves because no one can put up with that shit. Oh wow! <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> and I remember that this guy I was like, this guy's been at sea for a long time, <laughs> <How> did, <laughs> both figuratively and literally. <laughs> he is all at how sea. Did they, how did they play in the room? His mind had been marinating in just a bath of of beer and prawns. <laughs> In international waters. In international For waters. Nigh on nine months. He a was human seasick. gestation period <laughs> in international waters. It's true, though. And this is also... They, it, time goes differently on the water, I think. Like, it, it's still the 80s or 90s. <laughs> it's exacerbated by the fact that the um, cruise ships are populated by... It's, it's Boomer Fest Boomer, on the water, Boomer's, isn't it? Boomer's oh, Plus, yeah. Boomer Paradise. You oh, must absolutely. be this old to ride the boat. <laughs> That's it. Your opinions must be this fucked to yeah, gain entry. Yeah. There's no bloggers on a P and O crew. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> you don't get a lot of um, Twitter activists. Vice you know. documentary. No, absolutely not. You're not getting a lot of SBS pictures written on a. Uh, Isn't it funny to think <laughs> that, that Vice is now this 
paragon of principle like vice started as one of the most like subversive yeah yeah but also you know they were out there their hot yeah. or not columns is how they got their name made and they were not exactly you know sensitive to all types as vice is branded now yeah they're um who's the main guy there's two guys who started it and one of them he's gone way off the board Gavin McGinn yeah yeah oh fuck no is isn't he the proud boys guy yeah he he used to be an ashamed man now as a proud boy <laughs> that's what he did he co-found vice yeah I was talking about the other guy oh that guy's real fucked but the yeah. other the, he's sort of um, not very tall he's a bit bigger he's got I think he's balding he's got a beard don't he, know who that no, was he's slightly fucked guy. as well they've all gone a bit I didn't even know Vice know. was a paragon of. I yeah, I was, was just struggling for references. It wasn't the right one. It wasn't the one I was looking for when I was thinking of blogs. <laughs> I, I was thinking I was going to say Frankie magazine, maybe. But um, I, I think it's too local. I'm not familiar with Frankie. Maybe, uh, maybe. Uh, fuck, what is it called? Nah. Jezebel. Thank you. That's what I was thinking of. Maybe Jezebel. Daily Beast. They're not Do taking a lot of piano Huff, cruises. Huffpo? Oh, Jessica, yeah. I uh, but or, <laughs> what or, a laboured fucking gag. Well, it's a no, bit no. of a it's a bit of a soft target too, like a sixty five year old guy that's got early onset dementia, but he can still remember his set <laughs> from twenty years ago. He's been doing it so long that part of the brain is the last bit to rot away. <laughs> he's like, he's forgotten the name of his firstborn, but he's still got that gag about dropping a bunch of women into Raka. I, I think he updated it to I, like I might be doing him a favour by giving him the Syria update. Yeah, like he might have said a ra like something. He's probably Vietnam. talking about the first yeah. guy yeah, punching up this <laughs> guy, guy, punching yeah. up this guy's gear. He was do, he was doing it during Reagan, uh, look, the Reagan <laughs> years, yeah. and it's just come back around. I'd like to ask you a question as a as a, a Rob Schneider fan. Do you think that what Tim and I are doing here and picking apart this show, are we punching down? No, because punching down needs to have an economic metric attached to it. Like if you're, if you're, you, do you know what I mean? Like if you're a billionaire, and, and you've got an IQ of ninety five, it's not punching down to have a go. Yeah, like because we forget the economic element of punching up and down. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. This like, is what literally everyone has said when we've asked. It's interesting. Has actually, everyone actually said the same thing? Well, quite with, a few people have said not with the same words. But. I thought I was a snowflake, like <laughs> just unique. I mean, Nina said like the exact not, same. <laughs> she she voiced the exact same idea that it's like no, this guy's rich and fuck them. Yeah, you know, and he, he he's probably very happy too. What this oh, is I that? Don't know. Is he? I don't think he's happy. Really. <laughs> I really don't. Do you think because he doesn't have the 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 respect, or like, because he knows it's not? Uh, I don't know. Like, I'd love to see a conversation between him and Adam Sandler behind closed doors. He actually had a small cameo in Sandler's Netflix special. That he, they he struck came, him from the roof, didn't they? Yeah, he came in yeah. in a song, and that's you know, like, because you always hear about them falling out and patching it up. But yeah. they're both like you know the way that Schneider runs his production company in this show is derivative from the way Sandler does it's all inclusive to his family like he supports the people around him as best he can um, which I think is cute it is cute and it's good <laughs> I think Sandler does a better job because his movies are wildly successful so he can actually look after other families but Schneider's literally looking after his own yeah. wife and, and it's, child it's a roll of the dice because you know you could alienate everyone in doing that yeah but, I think Chandler, Sandler is more um, yeah yeah like you said yeah he's helping a lot of people 
Yeah, which is a lot of people relying on at this point. That's kind of the point that we got to when we were watching Grown Ups too. Is it's like this this guy's actually he's putting bread yeah. on the table yeah. for a lot of it's families. like this, oh, yeah, this yeah. is upsetting to us, but he's ultimately doing a good. Is that Adam's, Adam Sandler? That yeah. was Grown Ups 2. Oh, Grown Ups 2, right. Specifically. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the, what, what incites people about Sandler is that, you know, he has these self-referential or self-aware moments like in Funny People or he puts out a special like he did last year where it's like, you obviously still have the capacity for greatness and you choose not to use it like nine times out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great thing. And, and I think maybe it's an analogy, but I think Nicolas Cage does the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Like he does these nine movies based on like Christian apocalyptic novel and, pulp novels, yeah, yeah. and then does Bad Lieutenant or whatever. And, but Schneider is the inverse, where it's like if he keeps going, sometimes something lands, but there's it's no so there's no control, and there's no indication <laughs> right. that it's it, it, yeah. The, a broken so, clock is right twice a day. Yeah, there we go. That's what it is. He With is, Sandler, that when he hits, he hits so acutely and so well that you're like fuck. The dude knows. There's still the man is still inside yeah. this brain. Oh. But with um, with Rob Schneider, he will tr- accidentally trip over a proper joke one percent of the time. But he doesn't yeah. know he's fucking he's, doing it, and that's very obvious. He's a, he's a, he's the literal embodiment of the comedian you don't trust. <laughs> and we're spending <laughs> half an hour with him on the hour every hour right now. Yeah, man. <laughs> through yeah, so through sheer statistical magnitude, he's just. <laughs> Stumbling into Yeah Comedy Dan could I ask you a question Yeah We've got the title of the next episode Which is episode 6 Just up here It says Authentic Authentic Self self. What do you Just take a fucking step Based on what you've seen here today What do you think happens In Authentic Self Episode 6 Um Not not, Because I haven't seen two episodes If I think if I'd seen two episodes I might have a better Like just to know Do they do callbacks no To previous I'll t- shows I'll tell you this No Absolutely not They don't Highly episodic Everything's contained Reset to one Or reset to right, zero Right so there'll be no like That cat won't be there nope. anymore Wow It'll be as if the cat Never existed Because in Curb it, There's a continuity if, Yeah If there's Yeah There is not here So um, What So have you seen this next episode Or you no, don't know no. You want me just it's, to guess what Just take a stab I would guess I'm just gonna This is kind of random But yeah. I guess that he gets into spirituality or something, like maybe meditating, and it doesn't go. Or it goes awry. He keeps, how, does, how does it go awry? Um, the meditation teacher tries to cuckold his wife again. No, no, yeah, yeah. No, Tell no, me no, about no. This te- no, this this actually sounds very likely. Tell me about the teacher. Or he gets into yoga or some sort of pseudo spiritual thing, and then they just reuse the same plot device from this where he's just another similarly sort of jealously provoking Mediterranean vibe mm-hmm. kind of you know steal your wife thing that would be that's my random that's our A plot what else happens in authentic self what's the B plot um I reckon he's going to stab his assistant with something <laughs> fucking A like absolutely he's gonna bleed yes the assistant is gonna be Badly injured. Yes, I guarantee that's going to happen. I could put, my, put money on that. I'd what, put a sports bet on that. What do you reckon he'll stab him with? Because I reckon it'll be something interesting. It might be like an incense stick or something for the meditation. Like he'll, yeah. he'll burn. He'll put it out on his chest or whatever. I'll tell you what. Um, not one. Epi- oh, maybe two episodes ago, actually, he 
fucking had a hand at doing DIY acupuncture because he fucked his back. So really? Rob was just stabbing metal rods into right. his back. So I've predicted another episode. <laughs> that, they'll probably they'll just do it again. They'll just reuse. They will the same tired tropes. You don't need to put more time into imagining this plot than you would imagine Rob and the creative team do. So <laughs> your work here is done. Well, I've been very generous in saying that I like certain elements as well. Like I could be, I could be harsher. You know, of course. No, but your energy was welcome. A breath of fresh air and what has been an exhausting day. Yeah. Really? Oh, absolutely. This has been energetically exhausting on you guys. Yes. Of course. Reviewing these. Yeah. Is that because of the air of cynicism? That Have you had guests each time? Yeah. Except for the first one, it was just us. I mean, the thing is, Dan, we did know what we're getting ourselves into because we watched the first season last year. Um, so we... We knew what was coming. And yeah, look, we are bringing a, a air of cynicism to this project. But that is based on, you know, prior knowledge. It's not based on nothing. Yeah, it's evidence-based. Oh, oh, absolutely. And I have tried really hard to um, insulate our guests from my opinions and guys' opinions. But at the end of the day, this thing just sucks dick massively. <laughs> And there's kind of no escaping that. There's no getting around that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't you think? Um, yeah, there is no way around it, ultimately. It's a hard thing to navigate around how much this sucks. It, yeah, it is. Um, it is. It's uncompromisingly bad. Fuck. Well, I'd like to leave you all with a quote <laughs> from the show. Uh, and this is when he, he is trying to explain to the man who he fears will cuckold him that they don't want to go to his lake house because... Uh, you know that they, they, they've already got plans. They've got a lot on, and he says, "Oh well, Patricia actually told me that you uh, you don't you have trouble getting away." And Rob Schneider says, "Yeah, well, she's a fucking liar." It's outstanding. That was the quote of the episode. Well chosen, Dan. How can people find you online? Um, mainly, uh, only yeah, through Twitter. Basically, is my main. That's how I communicate now. What's your handle on there? What are we punching on? Uh, at DRath Comics. Fantastic. Yeah. Dan Rath, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Oh, thanks for having me on this uh, podcast experience. I'd say our pleasure, but I'd be a fucking liar. It's been my pleasure. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. 
It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.